joining us on the show this week for the third time. You've heard him on 810 Radio, you've read him on The Ringer, and if you're like us, you've consumed two decades of his work on the best blog in Kansas City Royals history. He is my favorite sports author of all time, Randy Gisarly. Randy, how the heck are you tonight? Whoa, I'm a little taken aback by that. Favorite of all time. You. That's right, man. I, I This is one of the things I'm proudest of, that I'm actually, I, I've faked my way to people considering me an authority on uh, the Chiefs, when the reality is I'm just uh, a... Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, groupie at this point. Randy, let me tell you, that is the secret to our podcast as well. You just gotta, you just gotta talk about him, and people like to listen to it. That's that's what it is. I mean, that we love reading when you write about him. People love listening when we talk about him. You don't have to be an expert. He is the expert, and we are just all here to witness him. It's great. and that's what Henry Winkler is, if we're being honest. And you know, if you can count yourself in in company with the Fonz, I mean, it works. It, it absolutely does. I mean, I was there for the Bo Jackson years, and I've still never seen anything like this. And you you put it well. I mean, he's doing all the work. Just yeah. just witnessing his greatness, just stating the facts of his greatness, um, is it's it's a delightful thing to do in in by itself. And sharing it with others um, attracts the audience, and that's that's fantastic. It makes it makes it very easy uh, to portray yourself as a Chiefs expert, as I've been. Uh, trying to do for the last couple of years here, just by writing w- one or two Patrick Mahomes articles a year for the ringer that seems to um, establish my bona fides, but he's doing the hard work. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> we love it, Randy. And I guess to bring our listeners up to speed, the last time you spoke with us, uh, we were just coming off of the 13 seconds game, the chiefs divisional round win over the Buffalo bills. And you very memorably invoked her Brooks's speech to the 1980 U.S. hockey team wow. after their historic victory over the USSR. You had to bring that up, didn't you? If you don't win this game, you'll take it to your grave, your fucking graves. Well, Randy, the Chiefs did not win, uh, unfortunately. And so I guess to start off, and we don't have to linger on this, let's please not, in fact, but how did you process that? It hurt. I'm not going to lie to you, right? Um, the only reason it didn't hurt more was because we've Oh, you know, we still have the the glow of the Super Bowl championship uh, from two years prior, now three years, um, and and that definitely takes the sting out of it. But the de- devastation was definitely mixed in with a lot of confusion, and that that maybe that took the edge off it a little bit. It was it was more befuddling than infuriating. I don't know what happened. Bec- right. It's not it's not uh, a matter of you know a single player who was. Uh, uh, a goat, not not a Patrick Mahomes scapegoat. Goat, a scapegoat. Yeah. Um, like the Lanelli game, it wasn't uh, the referees hosed us uh, like the uh, the playoff game against the Broncos in '97. I guess January '98. The Vaseline game. Yep. It wasn't a case where you know the Chiefs were outclassed. It wasn't a, a last. Yeah, they lost on you know in overtime, but it wasn't a matter of you know a single game changer. But it wasn't like what happened to uh, the Ravens last night where uh you know one play uh, you know you fumble at the half yard line and the other team right. brings it back 99 yards and yeah you, you're up all night thinking about one play if there was one play involved it was the single most consequential play of of the last uh generation was the last play before halftime right yeah you know but even after that it was you know they they blew an 18 point lead and that is it's been a lot of there was a lot of soul searching afterwards how could this happen it was so unlike anything in the Patrick Rome's era this was the, the Chiefs of the 1990s and 2000s and 2010s. Um, this was not the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. And we still, at some point many years from now, maybe when they do a last dance documentary on the Patrick Mahomes, 
I hope we get the full story of exactly what happened there with that final play. Right. Um, what happened at halftime, you know, I'm sure there was some, you know, there, of course, we've, we've heard all sorts of rumors, some of which I think have been thoroughly debunked, but um, I have no doubt that there was some yelling and frustration uh, in the, in the uh, locker room at halftime um, because there was some sort of miscommunication there. And I don't know if Patrick Mahomes didn't realize he didn't have timeouts or if there was disagreement about the play that was called, but what, whatever happened there, they look like a completely different team in the second half. And what's so frustrating is up until that play, I'm not sure I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play better right. in his career than he did in the first half of that Bengals game minus one play. And he was perfect. Um, and then suddenly he wasn't. And um, it's, I think, a testament to just how good he has been, not just overall, but like in high-stakes situations, both regular season and playoffs, that I'm not really that worried about some sort of hangover or, you know, some sort of, oh, he can't win the big one kind of vibe going into this play. That's never really crossed my mind. Helps that he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he's done it in the playoffs so many times. Yeah. You know, the only other half he played in the playoffs that was remotely that bad was his uh, his first half against the Patriots um, in the AFC Championship game. And then he came out in the second half and <laughs> put up 31 points. Right. Um, so I really just think it was a stone cold fluke. Um, and the one thing I kept in mind is, even Tom Brady has blown an 18-point lead mm-hmm. in a playoffs game. And he did it in an AFC championship game. And he did it against his biggest and really only rival, Peyton Manning. Right. It happened once. It can't happen again. Right. And that's sort of the way I've been looking at this. That it, it, it you know, it will if it if it goes down as a singular event, then I don't really think it will affect his legacy. And so much of Patrick Holmes now is us debating his legacy because we can already see where this is going. And I think we're all very protective of that legacy. There's the, the long-term aspect of the legacy. And then the short term, it's like, we had a Super Bowl right there for the taking. Ugh. You know, I mean, it didn't, it didn't know if, if the Bengals went out and got destroyed by the Rams, it'd be one thing. But I mean, the Bengals barely lost to the Rams for this. You know, it was really the, the second time in, in uh, you know, three Super Bowls that you're, you're watching a Rams team in the Super Bowl and thinking, my God, how, how, how is it, you know, we would have destroyed this team. Um, so there's that aspect of it. And, um, there, you know, you only get so many bites of the apple. So that, that's the part that stinks, but here we are again. And we got another bite at it in some ways, Randy. And I, I actually, this was going to be my follow-up question to that. And then, um, I wanted to let Taylor kind of lead us into the off season talk, but did the, the fact that the Bengals lost the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow still had a zero next to his name in the rings column, didn't that make it a little bit easier to stomach? I mean, I, I get the, I certainly get the the uh, the opportunity cost there. It's not a ring for Patrick Mahomes, but at least it wasn't a ring for another quarterback in the AFC that beat him in the second half, and you could write it off as a fluke, and you also couldn't take, you know, Matt Stafford at 33 or 34 years old, whatever he was, you know, winning a ring after all those lost years in Detroit. That didn't affect Patrick Mahomes' legacy at all. So did that make it easier for you to stomach that? I mean, were you rooting for the Rams in the Super Bowl? You know, it's funny you say that. At the time, I honestly, I think, I I mean, the first thing is I didn't watch the game. I took my, I actually had planned a trip to Disney World with my. <laughs> you were going to Disney World regardless. That's great. Well, I'm going to Disney World regardless. I'll be honest. I, I planned this, this trip months before and forgot to check the NFL schedule. I didn't realize <laughs> it was Super Bowl Sunday. Um, so I literally had like already uh, booked a hotel at the airport and a, a separate flight 
uh, Monday morning, just in case, because our flight was literally like Sunday at 6 p.m. Mm. Um, just in case we, you know, with the uh, possibility that we were playing in the game, I was just going to stuff my my poor kids in the hotel room and watch the game from there. <laughs> Sure. Um, and instead we were at the airport and the game was on in the background and I just didn't really care, but I was honestly rooting. If I had to choose a team, I was kind of rooting for the Bengals because that, fran- because that franchise has never won. And, uh, you know, they, they, they're kind of, they're kind of the Royals of the NFL in a way. Sure. Just went decades without even being relevant. Sure. But now with what, what happened in the off season with the, the Joe Burrow mystique, um, that has sort of developed around him and then losing to the Bengals um this season um yes i i'm in, in retrospect i am glad that for all the um you know the, the crap that bengals fans want to throw at us they right. would be even more insufferable yes um, if they were the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg up you add to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So we'll stay in retrospect, but we'll fast forward in time a little bit. We'll talk about the offseason the AFC West had uh, that came mm-hmm. into 2022. So Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew out. Russell Wilson, Randy Gregory, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones in. The Hill trade, it's its own can of worms. We talked about it in depth. But there was no denying that there was a huge talent shift that took place just in the AFC West. So what the hell happened in that division? And how were you feeling about it, about the Chiefs' chances and about how it was going to stack up going into the year? And then how did it turn out like this? Let me turn that around on you guys. Let me ask you, before the season, when we're going, going into week one, were you guys really concerned that the Chiefs wouldn't win the division? I was not. I, I really wasn't. I, I've seen Andy Reid's teams win the division before Patrick Mahomes and, and those guys came around. And I felt really confident that those three teams are three of the most cursed and befuddled teams in the sport. And they would figure out a way to screw it up. I think I was probably one of the more optimistic Chiefs fans that I it, of. What about it you? Took me, it took me a while, Randy. And at the time that all of this was happening, I mean, this really, all those names that he read off, Really, that took place over the stretch of about 10 days, right? Yeah. And it was it was right after we had lost, and it was right after Patrick Mahomes had played the worst half of football in his professional career. And I would be lying if I said that, and I'm sure if we went back and listened to this episode, which I have no interest in doing, no. when all of this was going down, it kind of was just like, oh, really? Again? Like, they signed that guy? They traded for Devontae Adams, and then the Chiefs trading away Tyree Kill was obviously something that that happened very quickly. It wasn't like that was something that was percolating for months. It was just like Monday, there's a tweet from Adam Schefter that says, Hey, he's requested a trade or he's mm-hmm. asked for permission to pursue God, a trade. And then yeah. 24 hours later, he was gone. I mean, the best five, five hours later, he was right, like, right, right. In, the, in the history of the yeah. franchise. The best. Remember, remember, this is this is the morning that Dion Bush decided to say hello to Chiefs King. Yes, that's right. Um, that was funny. And that was funny. Uh, yeah, endeared himself the way that he he, he took it well when uh, everyone basically told him the to buzz off that we are in mourning here. Yeah, I think he did the Homer backing into the bushes meme yes. where he was yeah, just no, like, I, oh, 
I see I've uh, I've stepped into something here. Yeah, it was just it was such a wild offseason. People were calling the AFC West the best possible best division in NFL history. All three of these teams, the other teams were predicted by someone of media note somewhere to win the division. I mean, it was very much so, you know, how are the Chiefs going to deal with all this stuff? And then as the season goes on and some guys get hurt on the other teams, some guys aren't nearly as good as we thought they would be, Russell Wilson. And some guys just, it just didn't end up working for any of those teams. The Chargers snuck in, you know, to the playoffs and then we'll talk about what happened to them in a little bit. But um, I just... I feel like the Chiefs own this division and they'll own it until 15 leaves. Is there any reason to think otherwise? Honestly, no. And that's the reason I ask, uh, you know, how you guys felt is me personally going into the season, I really wasn't that worried. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I can't help that it sounds arrogant to say that there's hubris involved, but. <laughs> That is that is what having Patrick Mahomes means. Yes. And I'm yes. actually I'm working on an article right now for the Ringer, and I, I don't want to pro, uh, promise that it will uh, go up. It's still in the early stages, but I'm hoping here in the next couple of days um, that I'll have another my my, my annual uh, <laughs> ode ode to Patrick will will be published. And that's what I, I was uh, I've been writing about is you know all this uh, you know frenetic energy in the in the division this off season, and yet. I still felt really comfortable. I felt at worst, even if we didn't win division, we're clearly going to the playoffs. Yes. yes. And yes. there is, I mean, there's, there's a part of me, not, not that I would ever want the chiefs to not be dominant, but at some point in the next, you know, 15 to 20 years, <laughs> however long Patrick Mahomes is our quarterback. I, I would love, I think I would be tickled pink if the Chiefs snuck in at nine. Yes. And eight. Yes. And we're the seven seed. Who okay. wants to play that seven? And the two the reward for being the second best team in the AFC, <laughs> you know, homie, Patrick Mahomes is coming to town. That fan base is going to be shitting bricks. Yes, and yeah. they should. Absolutely. And they should. I mean, so, like, I really wasn't it was, this is the the you know, the the call it a blessing or a curse of being uh, you know, a, a cheese fan right now is the regular season doesn't matter that much. I mean, yeah. part of it is there are 14 playoff teams, which is insane and absurd, <laughs> and I really don't like it. Um, but you know, the 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 upside of it is like I said, is even in up even in a down year for the Chiefs, they're almost certainly going to the playoffs. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, they're going to the playoffs. Right. Um it's hard and to imagine a scenario where they're the eighth best team in the AFC. It's just hard. It's just, it, well, it, exactly. I mean, certainly, in, in, in Patrick, you you can concoct a scenario where that can happen, but it would involve not just Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, not being at his best, but it would involve probably you know Andy Reid being retired, yeah, or and probably Brett Veach not no longer being there. <laughs> like they're, the baseline foundation of talent acquisition here is, yeah. I think, so high that. A healthy season of Patrick Mahomes is basically a ticket to the playoffs, and then the fun starts. Um, and, and I mean, so part it's really kind of changed this year, really, especially after what happened um, the way the last season ended. Is it really kind of changed the way I I approach the regular season now? The, the Chiefs regular season games are still can't miss. I mean, I I might have missed. I mean, living in Chicago, they're not always on TV, and I I still found my ways to watch almost every right. game. Right. Um, and, but I'm not watching – I mean, yes, I want them to win, and that's important. Of course, the number one seed did end up uh, coming into play and um, being relevant. Uh, we saw what the Bills and Bengals, you know, barely barely surviving this weekend. But to me, I, I watch the games because it's like watching an art exhibition. I'm like, I'm watching because I go into it. I go into a Chiefs game, and it's almost like I have a, a, a checklist in front of me to, to check off. 
will Patrick Mahomes make a play that no one has ever seen before? Yep. What will what will the iconic play or plays of this game be? And that's really I almost approach the games with that in mind. It's like, okay, when this game is over, what's the what's the play, the highlight that we will watch 20 years from now? They're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Very rare back on any of his games without one of those. All right. There's always something, right? Every now and then you won't have a single no look pass or, or (laughs) sidearm pass or shuffle pass or, or some sort of iconic run where he like is planking on the sideline and has holds up his entire body on his left hand while he touches the pylon with his (laughs) right. Um, But there's, there's usually something that I'll remember. And that's how I I go into these games. And I just kind of like, Let's enjoy the experience of seeing him do something nobody has ever done before. So he was just named first team all pro for the second Mm -hmm. time in his career. He's a lock to win his second MVP. Mm -hmm. He's got five division titles, five top two playoff seeds. He, if he can beat the Jags on Saturday, he'll be in his fifth straight AFC title game. Mm -hmm. And all those fives add up. He was, he's been in the league five years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll wax poetic about, Patrick for a little bit more um, very few athletes in American professional sports history have had any five-year run like this at any point in their careers, let alone the first five he's done it the, from the moment he walked into the league. It it's just wild to me to go from being a chiefs fan. And obviously we are all still huge t- fans of the team, but I mean, this is turning into the Patrick Mahomes show. This is turning into Michael Jordan, LeBron James, all the, you know, all the greats from all the sports. It, it's more, it's more than just watching the team. It is now watching a goat. I just feel like when people watch the Chiefs, you know, I know a lot of people are understanding of that, but I just wanted to hammer home the fact that, I mean, this guy is doing things that in team sports are basically unheard of. I really hope that this season is sort of the tipping point in the way he's perceived because it is, it has been sort of somewhat mystifying to me that you know come as recently as six months ago Patrick Mahomes the perception of him throughout the league throughout the sport was he is a star Mm -hmm. he's a superstar but he's just one of many superstars right you know that that there's it's Patrick Mahomes and maybe he's a half step above Josh Allen and maybe a step ahead of Joe Burrow Tom Brady's in his own category, of course, but like, is he, uh, you know, better than Aaron Rodgers? Um, it, it it sounds ridiculous to say because if you ask people who's the best quarterback, you know, who's the, the the one player you want to you'd build your team around, I think it would be a pretty unanimous. Patrick Mahomes is number one, but right. the, the the benchmark for this, and this is the way I lead off this article I'm working on, um, is the NFL puts out their top hundred players every summer, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the top hundred players in the NFL on the NFL Network. Of their big rundown, and I think it's voted on by the players. It is it's sort of surprising. Do you know where he ranked last year? Yeah, we, six months ago. We track it very, uh, very religiously on the show. He was eighth. eighth. He was yeah. eighth. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him count to eight on his fingers this year. But <laughs> no. um, he's, he's, like, he's done that before, right? Do yeah. you know how many times in his career he's ranked in the top three? Uh, he was number one the year before, mm-hmm. and then he was four. That's when he counted to four. Uh huh. And I think he was uh, six ten? his first year. Or, no, he, yeah. He was four. He was four that year, too. Four, four, okay. four, four one, eight. He's four, four, one, eight. He's been in the top three. He's been considered one of the three <laughs> best players in the NFL. One time. Once in his career. And he was eighth last year behind, among others, Cooper Cup. Okay. 
Jonathan Taylor, uh-huh. TJ Watt, and then number seven was Devontae Adams, which yeah, I think right. is, is sure. extra spicy because, of course, Devontae Adams entered the division, yep. played for the rival. And right. the 10 and 7 Las Vegas Raiders were so, you know, enthused by adding him. And he had a great year, mind you. Sure. 1,500 yards receiving. Great player. He went to 6 and 11. <laughs> so I don't know what how the how you rank these guys. What you know, number one is Tom Brady, which is a lifetime achievement award five. Yeah. Number two was Aaron Donald, and if it's most dominant player, that's clearly that's uh, legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue. You, would you rather have Aaron Donald or one of the top tier quarterbacks? I'd rather have a top tier quarterback, but right, I understand that. Number three was Aaron Rodgers, who was coming off back to back MVP seasons. Fine, sure. but. I just I don't know what voting criteria you use that you come up with like Jonathan Taylor and Devontae Adams being ahead of Patrick Mahomes. If the idea is to win, well, we just got we just got the proof here. We just got the proof. Devontae Adams went to a new team, did not make them better. They got a lot worse. And right. Patrick Mahomes had his best receiver taken away from him, and they got better. And is you know the the other the other team is was eliminated by Thanksgiving. So. Um, so I, but I do feel like, yo, know, this year, you know, it's the consensus. It's, it's almost a, a, a shoe and he's going to win the MVP award. Three, he's recently three weeks ago. That might not have been the case before Jalen Hurts got hurt. But, um, you know, I think, I think we, 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 he's got that locked down, but I still, I, I still think it's incumbent upon us as Chiefs fans and not because we're Chiefs fans, but because we are observers, we are witnesses of the Patrick Rollins experience week in and week out to advocate, not out of, uh, you know, a sense of uh, partisanship or fandom, but simply uh, because it's the truth. Right, yeah. We're like right. historians, yes. Patrick Mahomes is different. He is not comparable uh-huh. to all these other guys that you think he's comparable. His, his um, peer group is not Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Nope. It is Brady and Manning. The Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Of 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 all time players in the NFL. Do you guys know? Do you guys realize I was doing this research? Patrick Mahomes has won eight playoff games in his career already. Mm-hmm. He has won as many playoff games as Dan Marino. Yes, sure. And lost a lot fewer, obviously. But yeah. the point being, <laughs> obviously, when you think about Dan Marino, as I mean, you, you, I would still say the greatest season by a quarterback of all time is Dan Marino's 1984. There's just, absolutely. It, absolutely. There's nothing like it. It's an Head and shoulders league. above the league and for for de- decades after that. I mean, yeah. it was it was like in, in a league where our offense or where quarterback passing numbers have been going up basically consistently for 50 years. He His standard was it, it was like a, I don't know, it was like a swimmer. You know, you think about like swimmers, Olympic records are always being broken every every year. Somebody's yeah. setting the record. And, and then somebody comes along and sets a record that isn't touched for like 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. That's basically Dan Marino's 1984. No one came close to it. Yes. Until Peyton Manning, you know, in five, six, seven years into Peyton Manning's career. It was 20, and 25 years. It's not like the Dolphins were that bad during his career either. Yeah, they didn't win a ton of playoff games, but like, well, but it's that's so the thing. hard like, to win as good playoffs. as he was, he still yeah. wasn't like in early in his career. You know, he, they got, they went to the Super Bowl that year. They lost. Okay. Yep. But, you know, I know the Chiefs obviously lost a playoff game to the Dan Marino experience. He scored through through for two touchdowns in the fourth quarter after they were leading 16 to three, the Chiefs. So, you know, but we never had an elite quarterback. But the point is, is that for his career, Dan Marino, after his first three or four years, was just good enough to take a a decent team to the playoffs pretty much every year. But maybe he'd win the first game, but he wouldn't win the second. I'm not sure how many AFC championship games he got to, but it wasn't that many. 
Not that many. No, um, many. I think it's almost certainly less than the, the one number that, that Patrick Mahomes has already played it. Right. I mean, most uh, quarterbacks, if he gets to his fifth one, I think that puts him like maybe fourth all time or fifth all time in conference title games. I mean, it's just he's Elway, Brady, and Montana, I think would be the only other ones that would be. How many did Peyton get to? Oh, and Peyton. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Peyton, like, didn't, no, Peyton but... didn't win that many of them, but yeah, he no, would almost no, he certainly not. with with five appearances, he would almost certainly be top five. I think. I mean, that's and and and, and I it's Which I, I want to be in five years. not to conflate uh, individual accomplishment with team accomplishment because right. that is so certainly coming from baseball. It's you know <laughs> teams players do not win games. Teams right. win games, and that's it, it, it's very frustrating when I see um, pundits who will you know, denigrate a player because his team didn't win and it's more than just one guy, but quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's not so much that you can win a game uh, or lose a game by yourself, but in the playoffs, we see it all, you know, we see it all the time where an elite quarterback, in, it can be the difference in a close playoff game. Um, sometimes it's, you know, you also talk about elite coaching, um, you can talk about franchise vibes. I'm, I'm thinking, of course, of the the, the Chargers game this yeah. weekend. Um, you know, if any team was going to lose a 27 nothing lead, <laughs> um, and I don't want to put that on Justin Herbert, but I think the Brandon Staley connection and then just overall Chargers chargeriness. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but when you think about the number of games, I mean, Patrick Mahomes was down 24 nothing in a playoff game and didn't you know came back before halftime. Figured and out. was down double digits in each of the next two games. He came back. Um, I'm not his sure. Third playoff game ever, by the way. So. Yeah, his third playoff game ever. And then in the, I mean, I, I still, I, 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 looking back, I think we sometimes we're we're so it's so easy to talk about that Texans game and the emotional rush and the historic nature of the comeback, but honestly, I think the 49ers comeback was even was even tougher. Yeah, A better team. Yeah, less time left. Higher stakes. I, I, I think I, I was closer to giving up hope in the 49ers game than I was in the Texans game. Yeah, I look at I the think... clock at the Texans game. I'm like, okay, there's 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 a path here. Yeah. But after his interception with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, I, I was just like, it didn't matter how good he was if if he didn't have time, if he, mm-hmm. he didn't have enough possessions. And mm-hmm. um, and then just jet chip wasp happened and, <laughs> and he came back. So um, but the point yeah. is like he, we're comparing him to Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about LA and and Manning and Brady and I don't know who else you you can even mention in that breath. So this idea of like, oh, you know, he's where does he rank in the top NFL top hundred right now? He's number one. He yes. should be number one every year. And I think it's just pundits like to make things more complicated than they need to be. It's they, it's, it's we're a hot take culture. You you don't get points for for going chalk. Yeah. Um, and he's the ultimate chalk. But I think we just need to keep pushing the fact that he is chalk. He is the obvious answer. Stop overthinking. Yeah. There's nobody else yes. in football you would rather have. Nobody else, maybe in history, you know, peak Tom Brady. Okay, we can have that discussion. And, and maybe, and, and well, and the you know, the career accomplishments. That's what that's what we're aiming for here. Right? Sure, right. right, of course. Five years for career accomplishments. It's kind yeah. of funny that I actually have started to after after Brady beat uh, Mahomes in the Super Bowl. No, no fault of Mahomes, and, and no credit to Brady because Mahomes was the yeah. quarterback in that game. But, of course. Yeah. But the way that worked out where instead of being down six Super Bowls to two, he was down seven Super Bowls to one. Yeah. I stopped kind of – I realized that it was going to just be comparing Mahomes' legacy by using Brady as the benchmark was, at least for the next 10, 15 years, was going to be an exercise in frustration. It just, yep. It, it's it's yep. too – let's let's not focus on 
six Super Bowl. Like I, I don't want to be in a position where he wins four and we're all disappointed. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what it's done is it's actually made me look at Brady a little different now. Because rather than looking at Brady as, oh, this is the threshold that Mahomes has to reach, I look at him now and I'm like, oh, this is the model for how Patrick Mahomes' career can go. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, Tom Brady is, you know, up to almost like 90,000 career yards. And right. he's playing until he's 45. Well, Tom Brady has shown it's possible for a quarterback to play until he's 45 and still at a high level. Right. And Patrick Mahomes is taking great care of his body and we see his workouts and we, we see what he's able to do. I'm, I look at, I'm like, yeah, come back another year, Tom. Let's, let's uh, <laughs> prove to me that, you know, make it Push clear the that Patrick Mahomes can play when he's 46. I want, yeah. cause I'm, I'm thinking in 18 years, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give up this experience any sooner. No, than this. of course not. <laughs> to, uh, to put a bow on the conference title game, just cause I looked it up while we were talking, there are five quarterbacks who have made it to six. So if he makes it to five, he will be sixth all time. And that's Brady, Montana, Elway, Bradshaw and Staubach. So, Bradshaw I mean, it, he's absolutely right there. And his first five years being the sixth guy ever to go to five is stupid. I mean, it's just straight up stupid. So I mean, his ratio of yeah. would be 100%, which five I'm pretty sure would be the best all time. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the wins, the minimum 12 wins a year, division title every year, top two seed every year, AFC title game every year. I mean, it's just he sets the bar so stupid high that, you know, we're going to look. I mean, he can't do this every year. He literally cannot, regardless of how good he is. And it's just going to be crazy to look back on his career at the end. It's going to be it's going to be wild. Um, I did want to kind of move to how the league handled the DeMar Hamlin situation in terms of how to operate a competitive professional sports league, knowing what we know now that DeMar's already been released. He's shown no signs of any cognitive or long-term health risks. You know, we can be a little bit um, maybe colder in our analysis of what they should have done. I'm of the opinion that every circumstance of that game of what happened and what the teams decided to do should have led to a bill's forfeiture and with no other changes in the league. But as we know, the Chiefs now have to play the Bills in Atlanta for the AFC title game if both teams win this weekend uh, because the league decided to kind of flip things up at the last second. I would say, first of all, how on board were you with those decisions that were made? And should any one of those three teams, Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals, feel slighted or shafted at how that went down? Um, well, first, you know, I think, you know, Thank God that the, the really yes. the, the absolute best case scenario with DeMar Hamlin occurred. And callously, you could say this is another example of the NFL keeps winning because <laughs> instead right. of, right. you know, an, an existential crisis for the league had uh, Hamlin not been revived. This is, you know, the, it's basically a hallmark story on some level, complete with the Bills returning the opening kickoff <laughs> next week for a touchdown. Incredible moment. And uh, ratings you know, bonanza for the league. Yeah, I mean, and the and reports that like you know all he, he Hamlin had set off like all the alarms in the ICU <laughs> cheering or whatever. Like I, I say, Hallmark movie somewhat unjust, but I, I if you could put money down on there will be an incredibly cheesy made for TV movie that involves you know that exact moment where doctors are freaking out because all of the uh, the screens in the ICU. Are, are going off. They're worried that he's coding and they go in and he's jumping up and down on his bed. Like, don't make up stuff. Um, yeah. You know, we're celebrating the opening kickoff touchdown. Like that's going to happen. Right. But the reason we're talking about the best case scenario is because, you know, the, the real heroes here, right. The first responders 
Um, and it, it's it's on me that I can't actually name the the trainer who revived who, who God, yeah they talked about Maul last week and, I had and it's a and it's you know a testament to how we treat this I mean Demar Hamlin um, is justifiably you know considered a heroic figure here and what he's been through but like he's here today and we're talking about a happy story because the trainers did their job like if every athletic trainer in the league doesn't get some sort of bonus or raise for next year. Um, then the NFL should be ashamed of themselves because the fast work training and sort of following the protocol in an incredibly pressure-packed situation is, you know, the reason why the NFL is not going to be having congressional hearings. And why 10% of their audience wouldn't have just tuned out because it would just be too painful to watch. Um, Like, we're talking about billions of dollars I mean, the league season was at risk if he died. Yeah. At risk, yeah, I, I think. I mean, there's. I, I don't know what would have happened. So yeah. Um, so yeah, they did everything right. It still might not have worked out, but it did. And you know, everybody should know basic CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, let's you know, we're gonna take a home point here. Um, and really, we should have defibrillators and, and know where they are and know how to use them. And basically, every public setting in America, because you know, they joke about the you know, the best best place to have uh, uh, cardiac arrest is like in a casino. Um, because they have they yes. have their defibrillators everywhere because their their clientele are probably prone to that sort of thing. Right. Um, but you know they, they save lives and minute you know seconds save lives and um, so we can talk about this in a you know somewhat facetious manner. Um, but at that moment we didn't know what was going to happen, and so I would find it very hard to fault any of the decisions that were made that day. I think that if they had gone on to play, I think that would have been disastrous and i think that um i, I give credit to both coaches to yeah. um, mcdermott and taylor for um you know the league I, I don't know if we'll ever know just how close they came to making the players play but i think i i think that you know standard protocol is a guy gets hurt you you put him in an ambulance you send him off we see that all the time with other injuries um and i think that in just inertia i don't think it was necessarily the nfl roger goodell is I know, agree. Evil from on high saying they must play. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think inertia would have led to, okay, let's start and restart the game. I think that's how the five minute thing came about. I was agree. no I one agree. calling down. They were just like, all right, what do we do next? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think they were, I don't, there's nothing in the handbook of, okay, somebody has cardiac arrest on mm-hmm. the field. Um, so yeah, I think the coaches saved the NFL from themselves. Um, and, but given that, I find it really hard to, um, to say, oh, you know, the, the Bills should have forfeited that game. And the Bills are dealing with a hell of a lot already, and n- neither team was in a position to play, and neither team should have been. I, I think if penalizing a team for doing the right thing it doesn't set a great precedent. Um, and ultimately, I kind of think that the league handled it in terms of the competitive aspect about as well as they could have. I mean, neutral site game is not it's not ideal, um, as a one-off, it's kind of cool. My concern is that they're going to make that they're using this as a, as a trial balloon to make, move the games. Right. And I mean, once a year, Super Bowl, great. The Super Bowl is a party. The Super Bowl is if you're at the Super Bowl, it's not about the football. No. Like I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to the AFC Championship game when the Chiefs beat the Titans. Cool. I didn't want to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I mean, like maybe you have great seats, but like I'm, the, I care too much about the game. Yeah. <laughs> And yes. I don't want the I don't want the championship games to to to, to descend into that level of carnival. Um, but if but if there's one team that did get kind of screwed, honestly, it is the Bengals. Yeah, I, I just because the 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 logical argument that the league made here is that a game that was not played 
if a certain result in that game would change the seeding or would change which team hosts the other, then it is reasonable to make for a neutral side game. So the fact that if the, you say, you know, it's the Bills, you know, the, the Chiefs should host that game. If the Bills had lost, yes, they'd host the game. If the Bills had won, we're going to Buffalo. Right. We we don't know who would have won. Yes, it was it was seven to three in the first quarter. I, you know, and the Bengals had the ball. Maybe they were favored 55-45. I'm not really too too broken up about that. Um, I'm fine with it being uh, a neutral side game. I, I think it'll suck if we lose our streak of hosting consecutive championship games right. on, on this, but right. um, it's fine. I, not having to go to Buffalo, I think both teams will travel well. I think it'll be it'll be an incredible environment in Atlanta. I'm just I'm just bitter that they didn't put it here in Chicago, which is closer for both cities. I get why. <laughs> sure, sure. it'd be nice to have it 20 minutes from my house. Um, but the Bengal, but the, the, that same logical argument. Yeah, if the Bengals had won the game, the Bengals are hosting the Bills. Right in, in this this coming week, and so I just I don't understand how it applied to the AFC Championship game. They said there wasn't enough time, I guess, to set up a neutral site for two weeks, but they had time for three weeks, which I didn't really buy. But that was their excuse. So, well, they also said there's been some public discourse about the fact that those two teams played the same number of games, yes, so therefore it goes to winning each. percentage. But right. it's like, well, but the logic, as you just pointed out, Randy, is exactly the same. Like. They, the, they played the if same number game of games, but the, if that game would have mattered, which clearly it did, literally the outcome of that game would have determined where the game was played, it seems like it should be a neutral side. But I guess this is a good opportunity, Randy, to sort of transition to, obviously, the Chiefs need to take care of business this Saturday mm -hmm. against Trevor Lawrence, but who would you prefer to see? Obviously, the Chiefs have a history with both of these teams. Obviously, both of these teams have their own narratives that are compelling the bills have the demar hamlin comeback story that i'm sure the nfl would be happy to continue to profit off of all the way to halftime at the super bowl where he's you know out there doing whatever during the halftime show or whatever whatever it might be not to cast a cynical light on it because it is amazing but you know at the same time the Bengals really have i mean they just have a mean streak to them an edge to them right and in this case deservedly because they probably feel like they should be playing the game in Cincinnati this weekend. All that to say, who do you want to see win this game? Uh, assuming the Chiefs take care of business, who would you want to see in a couple of weeks? It's a really good question. I've been I've been going back and forth on this. Um, what the way what I've concluded is that I think playing the Bengals would put more on the line. Like winning, beating the Bengals would be would would feel better. Losing to them would feel worse. Yes. Um, yes. Like, it's like, like many Tom honestly, Brady. If we lost, if the Bills, you know, beat the Bengals and we play them in a neutral site and they beat us, it will suck. But presuming like there wasn't some controversy happening in the game or whatever, yeah. I, I would feel happy for the Bills and would root for them um, to, you know, in, in, the, in the Super Bowl to, to win their first championship ever. And um, I, I, I mean, I have a, a good friend who is a Bills fan and I've told him, I've said this, if I had known what was going to happen in the Bengals, you know, the AFC championship game, losing the Bengals. I almost, I almost wish the bills had beat us because <laughs> sure. it honestly, like if, 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 if they score the winning touchdown with 13 seconds left and we just don't have time, um, you know, to, to move down the field, like there would be no shame in losing. Right. Maybe the greatest game in NFL right. history. Right. But I feel, because I, I almost feel guilty that we won what, which would, if we had won the Super Bowl, it would clearly that would be the greatest NFL game ever. Yep. Yes. But actually, yep. for that one week where we were all riding high, 
and calling Mahomes the Grim Reaper. And, you know, the greatest, the greatest, you know, maybe the greatest football game ever played. That all kind of went away afterwards. The, the, the legacy of losing to the Bengals, it just diminished what happened the week before. And I almost wish if I knew for sure the Bills would go on and win their first championship. Mm-hmm. I would almost say, okay, go for it. Because then you've got a, you've got this like great rivalry between Mahomes and Allen. The Bills have that off their back. Um, and no skin off ours because I would at least have not not, not have the um you know this gnawing sensation of blowing an 18 point lead. Uh, yes. So if the and Bills losing to a team three times in a calendar year, right? Ugh. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. If the, we lose to the Bills in the AFC championship game this year, I guess it'll suck. Mm-hmm. Um and um, you know, I won't like it, but I don't think it'll eat at me the same way. If we lose to the Bengals at home, like like I'd maybe yeah. rather play the Bengals because it'll be a home game, but it was a home game last year. If we lose to them for the fourth time in a row, Ugh. or the second year in a row in the championship, I mean they own us. Yeah, it's hard to come back from that. I was um I, I go to uh, to Vail every year uh, for skiing, and it is in, in the Patrick Mahomes era. It is absolutely delightful because I have. <laughs> My oversized Mahomes jersey that I wear <laughs> on top of my jacket. I love it, um, and which is great. It makes it very makes me very visible to like the other people in my group. In fact, we have a guys trip every year, and last year everybody thought it was so brilliant that everybody wore a sports jersey. So you can oh, just that's great. Find your friends. Oh, there's number seventeen over there. Like you see a big number on someone's back. <laughs> that's great. Ever been skiing? It can be hard to find people on the slopes. Sure. Um, but to wear that in the middle of Broncos country, mm. year after year after year, and we go in mid January every single year. And the Chiefs have been in the playoffs every single year. Um, it is an absolutely delightful experience. Um, but I was there with my family a couple of weeks ago, and you know, you see other people out on the slopes, and other people are wearing jerseys, and you know, they, 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 you know, a lot of Chiefs fans out there. You know, a lot of fist bumps. Um, saw a few people yell at me, "Go Bills!" Sure. Uh, nobody, nobody yelled, "Go Broncos!" for some reason. Huh. Um, I wonder where they but, are. Surprising. I remember getting into uh, into the ski lift line, and next to me is a guy in a Joe Burrow jersey. And I felt compelled. I had to turn to him. I'm like, you know what? You're the only guy on this mountain that I can't trash talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was a good luck. But it's like, if we lose to that guy again, yeah. I mean, it, it does affect the Mahomes' legacy. If he loses to Allen for the first time after beating him twice in the playoffs, okay, that's, that's a rivalry. If he loses to Burrow again, then that becomes, you know, Tom Brady to Peyton Manning. That becomes like that thorn in the side. That well, he couldn't, he couldn't beat this guy. So is he? Can, how can he really be the greatest of all? And then you know, Burrow could go win a ring, and he would have one Super Bowl win, one Super Bowl loss, two head-to-head yep. victories over Mahomes exactly. in the playoffs. I mean, you wouldn't have a ton of argument to say that Burrow's not. I mean, he's younger. Uh, it would be, it would be disastrous for the legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay, so before we let you go, we now have brought everything forward to this coming weekend against Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and the lava-hot Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, First of all, what a disastrously charger way to charger that game on Saturday. (laughs) That was a sight to behold, and we have seen them charger as many games as anybody. And, I mean, that was just – that was a sight to behold. But then how are you feeling about – that team, you, you're feeling pretty confident. I mean, I think a lot of people, they're nine-point favorites. seems like uh, Jags are going to have to pull off quite a bit to upset the Chiefs. Yeah, I am I am reasonably confident, yes. Um, and I will say, I mean, I was rooting for the Jaguars in sure. that game 
not even out of a particular hatred for the for the Chargers. It's funny because like the Broncos, the Raiders, I think we discussed this maybe last year. The Broncos, the Raiders, I, I want them to lose 73 nothing every single time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Chargers yes, just don't absolutely. have that level. And it's weird because I really do respect Justin Herbert. Maybe it's because he comes so close to beating the Chiefs, but he never actually like really does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. There might have been the one game he did, but ultimately didn't affect our draft position or our, um, our seating. Sorry. Right. Um draft position that, that, that that's the royals fan in me <laughs> we haven't cared about that in five yeah. years <laughs> um but um but I, I you know I, I really do respect that guy and i really i was a little bit nervous that you know the fact interdivisional rivals they know you so well when we saw what happened with the bengals and ravens and um and the dolphins and bills were with a backup quarterback mm-hmm. they came so close to, to to winning both teams um and you know we, we see the chargers twice every year they, they know us very well um, they're a very talented team that just can't get out of their own way, which happened in spectacular fashion. But like, I, I, I was actually kind of nervous that that for for a number one seed, that's a pretty that's not an easy that's not a gimme for your first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jaguars aren't a gimme, but you know, Trevor Lawrence, all credit to him, hell of a comeback. But he had to come back because he had thrown four picks. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, and you know, the Jaguars. I mean, it's a, t- a testament to Doug Peterson's a really good coach, and Urban Meyer is a really terrible coach. And yeah. it's it's fun with every Jaguar victory this year. It was just like adding extra humiliation to to Urban Meyer, who deserves deserves it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just think talent wise, you know, Lawrence is a good quarterback. He's not a Mahomes level or even an, an Allen Burrow level. Uh, certainly not yet. Uh, I think that their the rest of their Offensive skill players are are a step behind uh, the Chiefs as well, um, and I mean I, I think just from a purely emotional standpoint, you, a victory like that, it, it's you think oh this is you know an incredible momentum builder, but I think if you look historically, a lot of times a team that comes back like that, it's almost like they've expended all of their emotion. I mean, look at what happened to the Chiefs last year after beating the Bills. Like, right. Sometimes, you know, and for the Jaguars, that was kind of winning a playoff game was almost like their Super Bowl. Like they've sure. already had a successful season, especially after Urban Meyer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've had a great season. Like they're they playing haven't. with house money now. And yeah, maybe that makes them dangerous. But I also think that th- this game does not mean as much to them as it actually does to us. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. Well, Randy, we really appreciate your time tonight. Um, obviously, uh, we're, you know, all looking forward to Saturday. And if the Chiefs take care of business, we'll maybe talk to you. We'll see if we can uh, get you back on sometime next week or something like that. And, uh, Again, thanks for everything. We'll look forward to your Ringer article coming out. That should be a blast. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, if we make this kind of a tradition for me to be on uh, before playoff games, I'm, I, I'm I'm happy as long as they keep playing. Let's let's hope that it's, I'm on three times, maybe four times after a, a Super Bowl victory this year and not uh, twice like last year. Mm-hmm.